I'm Shea Coulee, and on today's show, we have Raja back to talk with us about her makeup career, her new video to shoes, fashion, and to find out what she's wearing. Forever. Are top model fans born or made? Hey, I'm Shea Coulee, and welcome to Wanna Be On Top, a podcast where I explore the cultural phenomenon that launched a thousand smizes. As always, I'm joined by insatiable power bottom and top model expert Maxwell Esposito. Hey, girl. Hi, guys. We're back again chatting with my sister, Raja Gemini, and all things top model. Hey, Raja. Hi, baby. How you doing today, girl? <laughs> I'm I'm doing wonderful. I'm just really glad to get to see you and talk to you. I'm I'm great. I um yeah, things are wonderful. It's a beautiful day here in California. So yes, um, I'm down. It is a beautiful day here in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. <laughs> oh, Albuquerque, honey. Alba Queen Queen. Now, Raja, um, we were discussing the makeovers on Monday, and you were telling us about your experience working with Matthew Anderson and how that got you in the door of America's Next Top Model. I want to know, what really inspired you in your early makeup days? You mentioned you were working at a mat counter. So what? where, where did it all begin? What got you started in makeup, Raja? Yeah, oh, God, you know really it's it's one of those wonderful accidents that happen in life that eventually take you to other roads you know I never expected to be a makeup artist at all in fact um, when I first left high school I thought that I was going to be exploring an entire career of fashion design because I had I'd been so obsessed with it with fashion and with supermodels and uh, you know the fashions of the 90s so I really wanted to to that was really my goal I wanted to design and Somehow, drag came into my life, and that was a way of of using and expressing fashion. Uh, was experimenting it with with on on my own body, and then of course, if you're going to do drag, then makeup also comes you know goes hand in hand with it. So, um, yeah, makeup was purely accidental, and my career with Mac started with me actually not being able to afford Mac. Um, at 18 years old and I would shoplift the testers um uh, my <laughs> my first makeup brush from Mac was a number 16 which is now probably known as the 266 angled brush and yes I stole that tester from the counter uh, of a Mac counter um uh and uh and then used it and then eventually had a career in it <laughs> I love that. I love that. I I definitely stole a 216 angle brush, but instead of stealing it from Mac, I stole it from Pheromone and I still have it. <laughs> well, so yeah, I mean, a lot of people uh, have asked me if I have any advice for uh, young people as far as starting out in drag. And I always say shoplift. And, um, you know, that's, uh, but don't get caught. 
Don't get caught. Yeah, don't get caught. Don't, <laughs> don't, don't you do it. Um, it's funny. We had Nicole Byer on the show, and she was giving us some really great um, tips about shoplifting. She's she's a shoplifting <laughs> um, genius. I know. I When you started telling us that story, I was like, um, is everybody just going to come and tell us about how to steal? Is this going to be our show? <laughs> yes, because ultimately, as well as teaching people about top model, we also want to say down with capitalism. So that that's also what's <laughs> yeah. coming out of this podcast, too. So every chance we get, we bring on a guest that we know can teach people how to steal. Well, I mean, aside from, I mean, all all joking aside, you know, it, it did it did lead me to, you know, my experimentation with drag is really what what uh, what fired up this entire makeup thing for me. I, I grew to really love it, and and it became such a huge part of my identity for so many years, for twenty years at least of you know of my life as as a makeup artist, you know, an MUA yeah. as they call it now, but um. Uh- yeah that's that's how that's how it really kind of began it was just all about experimenting on myself and then eventually it led to 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 being an actual career you know um uh and uh my experiences working at the mac counter really prepared me to get myself out there um when when that was over i was uh Probably like I was turning 30 and I had already worked with the company for 10 years. So when I was, you know, basically kicked out of the Mac um, company, because, you know, at, at that time I, I was fired from Mac. But it really was one of those moments where it pushed me to, you know, I, I'm one of those people like, it, unless you kick me out, I'm just going to stay. I'm just going to hang out. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, and I had gotten so spoiled working there. I was making it up. Uh, far too much for the work that I was putting into it. And they were like, it's time for you to go. And then at that moment <laughs> is when I really, I had to, you know, take the gratis, the, uh, the, the kit that I had developed over 10 years and you put it to, put it to use, put it to work. Mm-hmm. And I started yeah. to go into my, and I, and that's when my freelance work started and, and, you know, uh, and then the rest is sort of history. I love that. It's funny because I feel like we have um, a very similar kind of path into drag because I too came in it because of my love for fashion. And um, when I was, because I studied uh, costume design for theater and, but I was always so fond of fashion. And so they, it's funny, like uh, teachers and professors were always like, oh, you can't draw your figures like that. That's how they draw them in the fashion world. You have to make them look like more realistic people. And I'm like, well, look, it will look like realistic people when we put them on the actors, but let me live the fantasy at least in the way that I sketch it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then they would be like, who's going to wear that? Those heels are so high, Jaren. Like who would wear that? And I was always like, I would wear that. And then eventually I was Uh like, uh I think I should wear that. (laughs) <laughs> that's kind of how it developed it to be doing drag because I was like I have all these ideas and like no actresses to put them on so I was like I'll just put them on myself that's interesting I, I never realized but but that is also that's a parallel for you and I because I uh was in college at the time when I first started working for Mac I was 19 and at the time I was studying uh 
allegedly I was an art student, but I kept going to the theater department to fill to to fill some of my prerequisites. Um, you know, and there and I and I became uh, I found a love for the theater department and theater people more than I did in the art department. I found the people in the art department to be actually quite boring. Yeah. And theater <laughs> theater people were singers, actors, you know, and there was a costume design department. And I and I fully immersed myself in that in that part of the of the campus and that part of um, my studies. And then eventually I left to continue just doing makeup. I was like, okay, I'm not into any of this. I don't want to go to school anymore. I really like making money. I like makeup. And I I always had the same problem with my design teachers too. They're like, no no no, babe. It's like it's seven it's six heads tall, not eight heads tall to draw You're like- uh, a figure. I was like, well, whatever. You you do you. I'm leaving. <laughs> like, as an artist, I think it's always important to have something that is, like, your signature, especially when it comes to, like, illustration. So I always found it so interesting that teachers would be like, okay, the way that you're illustrating is wrong. And you're like, what about it is wrong? It's still communicating the idea. It's just the way that I like to communicate it, you know? Right, right. Yeah, right. and my fa- and my favorite my favorite costume designers did do really cool uh, illustrations like Bob Mackie and Jean Paul Gaultier and uh, you know Karl Lagerfeld. These these people all illustrated in in such a beautiful and expressive way, and that's what I really wanted to do. I could I couldn't be bothered with just doing the standard, but that mm-hmm. I suppose that's their job as as instructors is to teach you the uh, correct way. But um, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like, no. okay, I'll, I, I'll learn the rules, but then I break them, you know? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like as long as, as a teacher, you understand that your student knows what the rules are, but are just, you know, exploring. Because, like, I'm paying this money to become the best artist I can be, so, like, don't hold me back, bitch, you know? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> like, exactly. Uh, I ran into that a lot, a lot in school. And and what I one thing that I do really appreciate about um, studying costume design and how it helped in drag is I really had to think about how these looks could be performed in, like how people sure. move in them. And that right, taught me right. a lot about how to consider making um, costumes for drag. Cause I was just like, okay, I got to be able to like move in this, perform in this. And uh, right. yeah, it made it, a, it made my job a lot easier. So um, a question as, um, I tend to ask a lot of drag queens this, and since you you have like such a long history as a makeup artist, do you um, ever miss being a makeup artist, doing other people's makeup, or do you find that doing your own makeup is enough of a creative outlet for you? I do not miss it. I don't <laughs> miss it. <laughs> I actually am, uh, you know, I'm so... In some ways, I'm just so thankful to Drag Race for really altering um, the my career. What you know, uh, it it, it uh, allowed me to do drag full time and um, get you know. I, I, after years and years and years of being someone else's glam squad and putting together, it just be it lost its luster for me. I um, mm-hmm. it was like it it was like a, a marriage that um, you know where you just you're just tired of fucking the same hole and i just got <laughs> i had done fucked it honey and uh no but i i just i didn't have the same love for it i remember the last time i really my last gig that i had was with iggy azalea 
and a lovely girl to work with. And before that, before Drag Race, I was working really close hand in hand, like with Adam Lambert. And I re- and we were touring together. And I remember this this feeling I had as I waited backstage for him because he would come back to do a costume change or whatever. And my job was always to have a roll of paper towels underneath my you know held there to to wipe up his sweat and uh i had a tub of glitter in the other hand to just sprinkle uh all over him just to refresh uh the glitter <laughs> and uh you know and i just remember standing there and i'm like i want to be on the stage i want yeah. I, I i watched how the entire room of thousands of people were cheering for him and the way the lights hit him and the way you know i needed that i needed that mm-hmm. i wanted to be on stage and that really was one of the last moments where i realized that okay something else has to happen something different has to happen because i'm you know and i tell adam this story all the time and we laugh <laughs> about it because it really truthfully was a tub of glitter um, you know, but uh, I, I, I just moved on, you know, and um, the times that I do get to do makeup now, I usually save them for moments when when I enjoy the client or mm-hmm. uh, perhaps uh, usually it's a friend or if it's a particular project with a photographer that I enjoy. But now I get to choose how I want to do makeup. And I am not part, I don't I don't like being anybody's glam squad. Um, I mm-hmm. have had my um, a lip brush slapped out of my hand and it flew across the room backstage once at a fashion show. I believe it was a Marc Jacobs fashion show when wow. I worked, when I lived in New York. And that that was the end for me. I was like, I don't like <laughs> models. I don't like fashion shows. I don't like I don't like makeup artists and hair people at fashion shows. I don't like being behind the scenes. And it just, you know, I had hit that wall and Drag Race really kind of snatched me right out of it you know and was like okay uh, uh I, it's me the universe i'm listening to you and um you're getting out of this and now you get to go on stage so you know <laughs> i i so to answer your question no i don't miss it <laughs> <laughs> what was it uh, like doing tyra's face though because you used yes. to paint her makeup right I did. I only did Tyra's makeup once, and that was for a very huge gala called. Uh, it was for Oprah, and it was Oprah's Legends. Was that the Ball. Legends Ball? Yes. 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 Oh, the I, Legends I, Ball! Bring that yeah. back. Bring back. Yeah, the yeah, Legends yeah. Ball. <laughs> oh, isn't it? Isn't it kind? Of, it's kind of t- time again, isn't it? It was so right. long ago. Yeah, I just and remember I, just like because what was it? Everyone was supposed to wear black and white, and then Oprah showed up in that red gown. Red, <laughs> just, yep. yes, uh-huh, uh-huh, red. Uh-huh. And I just remember being like, "Yes, that's my bitch, Oprah. You better let them know who's who's the legend at the Legends Ball." Yeah, I was uh, I was still new at Top Model, and at the time I was still sort of uh, I was still Matthew Anderson's assistant. So mm-hmm. um, uh, Matthew was unavailable to do her makeup, and and Tyra has her makeup artist Valente Fraser, who's a brilliant talent, uh, and he was unavailable. So they're like, so Jay, Mister Jay, was like, well, we should use um, Sutan, um, Matthew Anderson's assistant. He's pretty good. Let's. If you don't mind, then you know he'll come and do it. So, I uh, I was ecstatic. I had never done a supermodel's face in my life, you know. And it was Tyra Banks, someone that I had really admired growing up and emulated on on so many levels, um, you know. And then. Uh, on the day of, I got another. This this before text. Nobody was texting uh-huh. then. I, I you had to answer. You had to answer the phone call. I got an I got another phone call, 
saying, uh, well, we know that you're coming to do, uh, it was Iman's manager. And she said, you know, Iman, the model. And Mm -hmm. she said, hey, we know that you're coming to do Tyra's makeup. Would it be possible for you to do Iman's makeup? And first, if I did, I almost threw the phone across the room because I just couldn't couldn't take it. I was like, is, the world is lying to me. Something is happening. I, this is a dream, <laughs> right? And so, so we scheduled it so that I was uh, to do Iman's makeup before and then go to Tyra's room because they were all they were all staying at the same uh, resort that Oprah had had um, had reserved for all of her very special important guests. Yes. And uh, but so. Not only did I do Tyra, but I had to do Iman. And my, the experience with Iman was the one that blew my fucking mind. Because I went to her hotel room. I knocked on the door. And Iman opened the door. And the first, the very first thought that came into my head was, wow, that person's neck is long. <laughs> <laughs> she does have a long ass neck. Uh-huh. Right? And her, it's and so her gorgeous. head. Her head is tiny. She's got this tiny head with these beautiful features, these classically, you know, Nubian, uh, Somalian, just, you know, elegant. A, not a eleganza. And she, had, <laughs> she, she did not have a stitch of makeup on. She had a white robe. And then the second thought I had in my head was, I wonder if David Bowie is here with her. <laughs> <laughs> and I asked her. I was like, "Oh, I was like, it's so nice to meet you." I'm like, "Are you here alone, or did you, did you travel alone?" Is is your your husband doesn't happen to be in the other room? And she's like, "Oh no," she's like, "No, no, darling, my husband is at home with but with our daughter or her, with her beautiful accent." Yes, and, uh, and then and and I remember doing her makeup, and you know, I didn't have a makeup chair with me, and I sat her down on the kitchen, uh, not kitchen, the bathroom um, sink area. And uh-huh. I did her makeup on the sink in her hotel room. And I spent, I have one photo of the two of us together. Um, I love that. Of that day. And then I was so nervous that I actually spilled the entire contents of my makeup kit all over her hotel room floor. And there I am uh. scurrying, trying to put it together, trying to remain professional. But I'm in my, I was shaking. I was shaking. <laughs> And then I, yeah. uh, and then immediately, and then when I finished her, I went to go do Tyra's in the other room. And Ty, my experience with Tyra was with the, that, you know, she had her hair in cornrows when I walked in. And uh-huh. I was like, oh, I'm like, is this, is this, is this the hair you're going to be wearing today? And she's like, oh, no, no, the, the hair's in the other room. I was like, what? <laughs> and so we actually went into another room and there was Kaya Wright, who, who, who is a, a very well known hairstylist. And she was sitting in the room with the wig on a stand, and Kaya was waiting for me to finish the makeup so they could put the lace front wig on her. And I'd never, I'd never been that close to a lace front wig in my life before. So the, <laughs> the, the, the just the gaggery of the uh, gaggeroons of just knowing that uh, you know, it, it was, it was the earth. That was lace that fronts was were, when the the reveal happened, and you were like, oh, wi- wig. <laughs> Did you say wig? Oh, wig? wow! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! No, I love the fact that you got to see Tyra Banks's lace front up close and person, probably before anybody else did. And with that amazing yeah. story, 
we are going to take a quick break. And when we come right back, we're going to jump right back into it with our girl, Raja. We'll be back. everybody we are back we are hanging out with our sis raja she just got finished telling us about her sickening experience painting not only tyra banks but the icon and legend herself iman now still on the subject of makeup tell me is there are there any makeup trends or products that you are like absolutely obsessed with right now Right now, okay, this is going to sound so weird, but I have never gotten into primers. Like a primer. I never got into it. Like I always I was always a person who just went moisturizer from moisturizer straight to foundation. Mm-hmm. And right now I am obsessed with the one size primer and it's like I think it, it it's it's quite bitch. I, I, it's it's, it's miraculous. Uh-huh, it's everything. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I I'm a yeah. primer girl. I do love primers and I've tried a lot of primers, but that one size primer is absolutely where it's at. The finish right. of it is so smooth. It's like your skin is like velvet and I feel like the makeup just takes to it so beautifully. I'm obsessed with that too. Yeah, I like it. I I I like the idea of that. As as my skin is aging, it's like you know you just want to add those extra th- elements. And I I always uh-huh. believe that 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 with makeup, aside from doing beautiful eye makeup or doing a beautiful lip, I always believe that the skin should be you know the foundation. The foundation should be a foundation of mm-hmm. uh, absolute perfection. You know, so uh-huh. right now, right now, that would be the product that I'm really into right now. You know, yeah. Um, oh, also just- Trixie Mattel, Trixie Mattel's blushes. I- I'm a blush person. I uh, often t- I can I'm an over blusher. I love love blush. Uh, Trixie Mattel has great blush. Hank and Henry has a great uh, series right now of blush. I like it rich. I like it uh, reddish. I like it super orange. I like hot pink blush. You know, I'm I just love blush. Blush me the house. I love some blush too, and also just like in terms of like um, makeup pro- products. You know, we talked about primers, finishing sprays. I am obsessed with the Fenty Beauty finishing spray. It is everything. It smells so good. The mist is like the finest mist. Because you know how sometimes like those ones will give you like little droplets. Like the mist Uh is uh so fine. And it's just amazing. Gives you such a, a lovely finish. I could talk about it all day but i won't because i really want to ask you see girl i know mm-hmm. that you're a fan of accessorizing and i saw your recently released remake of the song shoes by kelly oh, yes, yes, yes. Girl. okay can you tell us a little bit more about the video and what got you involved in this iconic project oh well i'm a stoner and so I, <laughs> you know, I was, uh, yes, baby. I was, uh, uh, you know, as, as most of my inspirations happen, I was probably, um, yeah, I was definitely smoking some blunts with my friend and, uh, I, and we just came up with that. I'm like, remember that song shoes? 
and then we we just got into this t- this tangent and conversation about the song and I'm like I would love to remake that song cuz it's just it was it was groundbreaking for the time Kelly was one of the it first was. YouTubers it was the fir- one of the first uh videos to Viral. ever go yeah it was it was the first viral video of its kind and so it just it just started the conversation and as you know it's like when you you get one idea and then it starts the ball rolling and then it rolled and rolled and rolled and initially it was supposed to be some a project that manila and i were going to do together um Mm -hmm. because of you know when she was on drag race she played Imelda Marcos and uh, and her big tagline was like a designer shoes you know and so (laughs) it was it was something that we were going together uh do together and then it didn't happen it just like covid happened and then like it just it did it didn't all it didn't work out you know and um uh but there's still some vocals in the song that involve manila in it i can hear it when we're saying fuck you the, the higher the higher the higher part of the fuck you is manila Yes. Um, so we we had started it and then i just kind of finished it and uh uh through covid and really the storyline of it is one of the, you know, I believe that as an artist, you should you should tell the story of what is happening in the times you live in. That that is a Nina Simone um, uh, uh, reference. She had said yeah. that it was one, it's a quote that Nina Simone said, and I and I and it always stuck to me. And I'm like, well, you know, let me tell the story of what's happening right now in 2020 as we're all trying to kind of stay away from one another. Uh, the story of isolation. Uh, of boredom, have being all dressed up with nowhere to go, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a sense of fear of what is outside, um, you know, and also to kind of just uh, show off the years and years of collecting and hoarding of clothes and shoes that I have here in my in my home. Um, so that really is what the story is. It's about just about. 2020 and about how we dealt with it and a lot of it feels like it's a dream sequence because a lot of times during the during last year I would just kind of sit at home and fantasize about what I would be doing if I were outside and what outfit Mm -hmm. I might wear and uh, (laughs) the amount of time spent on our phones there's so many scenes in it where I'm just on my phone scrolling Mm -hmm. you know and and uh and the, that's really what the storyline is about and then eventually we we got in touch with Kelly himself um Liam mm-hmm. um who was so generous with his time and um and uh when we presented the idea he was very stoked about it and we had our own conversation over FaceTime and it was like it was like you know it was meeting a legend and so it all just yeah. worked out you know and 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 the collaboration um with Tyler, who had uh, helped, uh, who had produced the song and and did the video, you know, it was just it's it's just how I like to work. It's you know, add add yeah. more people to the project and and see how it flourishes from there. So it's fun. Yeah. I think the reaction it's- has been really positive. Um, uh, I don't get to do music often, but when I do, uh, I I hope that it it gets it gets good feedback. And so far, so good. Yes, absolutely. Okay, now there are some incredible shoes in this video, Raja. If if your house was on fire and you could only save one pair of the shoes oh. in the video, I know, I know, which pair of shoes would it be? Oh, okay. Well, two <laughs> pairs specifically in the opening scene where I'm I, I'm sort of doing this like 
you know, there was an old woman who lives in a shoe. So we decided mm-hmm. to do this kind of Vivian Westwoody kind of old lady theme vibes. And the shoes that I'm wearing there um, and also the gold, um, these these pedestal shoes were mm-hmm. both, um, they were both made for me by a an amazing shoe designer um, named Natasha Morrow, who is based out of, um, she lives in London. She's a French um, designer and she's done, you know, some of the most epic shoes that I've ever seen. And we, we mm-hmm. became friends over DMs, you know, on Instagram. Work. We love that. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And so those shoes are bespoke. They cost me some good coin. Um, and those would be the two pairs that I would, not just one pair. I would buy I would, those two because they are the most recent in my collection. And I love them so much. Those would be the two that I'd run out of the fire with. Um, I couldn't run. I couldn't run wearing them because they are they're very high. That's why you got two <laughs> and, hands, you know. Yeah, I, I would, <laughs> Yeah, and I live on the second floor, so if I was running down the stairs in them, I would probably die of of falling off down the stairs before the fire would get to me to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you had to pick one, who would you say is your favorite shoe designer? Oh man. Um uh wow. Um Tatehana, Nori Norinaka Tatehana, the one that the, the uh designer that does all of Lady Gaga's heelless shoes. Mm-hmm. Epic, you know. Mm-hmm. Um I, I, I like shoe designers that treat shoes like art, you know. I um Yeah. I used to really love uh, the, the the more feminine shoe, like a Louboutin, you know, the the mm-hmm. the you know, the more centimeters in the heel, the better. Um, but yeah. uh, I got a 47-year-old foot, honey, and she can't handle those those teetering um, mm-hmm. heels no more. Not like that. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I like I like I like the idea of wearable art, you know, shoes mm-hmm. that are that are wild, that are that are uh, impossible, uh, you know, shoes that that feel like a, like they could they could be their own piece. If you just put them on a on a table, they could they could be their own artwork, you know, um, and uh, and now I'm, I'm at this point in my life. I'm like, OK, well, one day I'm not going to be able to walk in any of these shoes and I'm going to prefer the flat one day. And mm-hmm. uh, so I, I can have these beautiful things to look at as uh, as absolutely, as, uh, you know, as a memory or just as a piece of art, you know, and I invest yeah. into it. I put I do throw my coin into it with that sole purpose to do treat them as artwork, because I will be one day. Uh, 70 something years old 80 something years old looking at these with fond fond memories mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and absolute uh you know and i can look at them as item or a pieces of beauty you know so yeah yeah i, I, really I love wish shoes that i could fit into <laughs> designer shoes i really wish that i could sit there and you know, look at a whole bunch a beautiful yeah. collection of designer shoes but i just um you know have to get the big girl sizes from amazon but that's okay that's okay. That's okay, honey. I love an FSJ. I love an OnlyMaker. Yeah. Girl, you know FSJ, you know OnlyMaker, they really be doing it. They do. You know, uh, you know, it, it, we were for so many years us big-footed girls um had had to only rely on the stripper shoe, on the pleaser. Yeah, but, the pleasers. You know, girl. Yeah, and and I, and I still and I still live. I still have my we pleasers, you know. Mhm. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. yeah and uh but yeah i there's there's a moment there's always a moment of of envy and jealousy when i see girls that like willem has a, mm-hmm. a vast collection of christian louboutins and yep. zanotis and yeah all these things and i'm like nope not me i gotta get the 69.99 <laughs> from fsj yeah. and it takes two me months too, to girl. get to me but <laughs> absolutely because they make them ready to order they're all like okay we'll start making your shoe now see you in two months the funny thing about those though is i because i had um a pair of like the og um only makers that they made with the red bottoms when they eventually got sued by louboutin and had to pull them off but i still have them i've had them for about six years um and the funny thing is when i took them to drag race on season nine um my sis Pheromone like read me down boots for my knockoff Louboutins because she had the real deal. <laughs> and literally every single pair of Louboutins that she had have like broken or had to be repaired. And my $69.99 only makers are still holding on strong six years later. Yeah, you know, I've uh, I actually ha- have spoken to uh, a few people. Philippe Blonde many years ago did a co- uh-huh. uh, sort of a copy of a Christian Louboutin shape. Um, the, uh-huh. the he they they had done a, a pagal and they were sold at Patricia Field. And I mm-hmm. remember he had given me a pair to wear because he they, he made them up to like a size twelve, which still was too small for me. But I still tried mm-hmm. to do the twelve anyway. <laughs> but um, but he was saying that that uh that in comparison to an actual christian louboutin the fakes were probably a lot stronger um yeah here's my here's my here's my theory also on shoes um as much uh, you know as much as i like to try a, a, a to have the most beautiful or the most interesting shoe i do also believe that if you're if you look all the way down from head to toe and you focus only on the shoes then you fucked up on your face you know what I mean? If 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 the audience if the audience isn't just immediately enamored, glued, and worshiping the mug, and is is looking down at your shoes, then you then you fucked up on the face. So get get back and, and tighten up that tighten up your cut crease, girl. Um and and you know um yeah that's my belief. you hear that children you hear that children <laughs> Raja's here dropping it doesn't, the gospel. It doesn't it doesn't matter what the shoe is. What does the what is the mug giving? What is the mug giving? And speaking of gifts, we actually have a gift for you, Raja, in the form of a listener question. But we will open that up when we come back from this short break. are chatting with our sis Raja Gemini and we have a listener question for her. First listener question comes from Delancey. Miss Fancy Mm. Delancey. Delancey (laughs) says, being a top model takes you all over the world and into the homes of different designers. Which fashion house do you dream of working with? Oh my god. 
Ooh, shit, that is loaded. And you know, and 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 as I'm thinking about <laughs> it, like thousands and thousands of fashion shows, YouTube fashion show zone outs are going through my head right yes. now. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, Dior in the early 2000s, uh, Galliano. Bitch, you literally just, oh my God, I was literally thinking that. Get out of my head. <laughs> that was I know, a you know, that was a uh, time. Uh, of course, of course. And uh, I mean, uh, many people would probably go to McQueen first, which, of, you know, of course, McQueen is a god. But I really, yes. uh, specifically, anything Dior in the early 2000s and uh, with Galliano was was mind-blowing and really changed my mind as far as what the possibilities of clothing could be you know it yes play it played with proportion and uh and makeup was uh outrageous yeah 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 pat the Mm -hmm. pat mcgrath's um genius was all over that um so i i would think that but i when i worked on top model one of the first um because we always we always had like random designers or local designers, and when we were in Rome, uh, we got the arc some some of the archives of um, Versace couture. Nice. And there was a there was a representative who came in from Milan with the clothing, and it was the first time that I got to see how like the insides, the underpinnings of mm-hmm. how a Versace gown. Uh, mm-hmm. was made and 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 it was intriguing it was fascinating because everything all those like bodycon dresses that you mm-hmm. see from Versace were all ba- they all of them had a bodysuit base to it mm-hmm. you know so wow. everything was mm-hmm. kind of built onto the bodysuit to kind of create that uh to create that bodycon feeling of uh-huh, it and, that and, nice and, and tailoring it all- make it just sit Mm-hmm. Oh, honey, it all made sense to me. I like, I, I literally like studied them and just looked at how it was done, and it was all done with such impeccable work, you know. And mm-hmm. so, from from that experience of being on Top Model, that was definitely one of those mo- moments where I was like, "Damn, I love fashion. I love this. I love what is. Nice. I love the. I love the the how it how it was made was more intriguing to me than the, than the piece itself, you know." So I guess, does that answer the question? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I just, first of all, just love that um, you brought up early 2000s John Galliano um, at Dior because that, um, for me, was really when um, I really, really, really started to get into fashion. And Mm -hmm. he, I mean, those presentations, and I want to say the one that I'm thinking of that is like my favorite that I've like, I even got my my boyfriend Dan into it. He's like, he was like, can we watch that one Dior fashion show? And I want to mm-hmm. believe, I, I believe it's spring summer two thousand seven, and like the theme was that it was like all dolls, and they're kind of like kind of painted like these like kind of like beautiful porcelain kind of um, Chinese dolls, and they have all these beautiful uh-huh. like the ga- and they and like the the set is like almost like those a white. Um, structure. Mm. There's like a gigantic chair, and they walk chair. from like different yep, platforms. Yep, yep. Girl, yes, that, yes, yes. 
uh, all the time. Anyway, I could go about that on about that for forever, but I will, you know, we'll keep this moving swiftly and professionally along. I, you know, honestly, I know, I, I know that Galliano was had had a moment where he, you know the, some of his remarks were quite problematic, and he was one of the very yes. first people to ever, you know, experience what cancel culture is like. Uh, yeah. But that does, you know, and he he's made his mistakes and has. Uh, made uh, numerous apologies and has really kind of turned himself around. So, but I'm still a fan. Like I, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Mar- Margiela right now, uh, starring uh-huh. Galliano at the helm. Uh, that that's Killing blowing it. my mind. That's blowing my mind too. You know, all of this artisanal work and it's it's fabulous. You know, Galliano is one of those people that I definitely study and love and um, yeah artistically artistically actually my my season nine um club kid runway was uh margella reference mm, um mm-hmm. i was like the the whole red mask with all the jewels on the front and like the crown that right. was that was a that was a margella reference so yeah of course um mm-hmm. big galliano fan here as well you know um so speaking of designers who are some designers that you feel are killing it right now you know what I um as you know I I love uh, to see all of the high end luxury stuff. Of course, it's you know Gucci, b- whatever, all of those. But right mm-hmm. now, I'm I'm more fascinated with the independent designers. You know, the kids who are just doing it on their own. Like I believe you own a piece done by how do you say it? Wesla, Wesla. Yeah, Wesla. Wesla, uh-huh. okay, love that. I love, love Dotavio, who's who's based in New love York. Love Dotavio too. He's such a sweetheart. So so sweet, and you know, um, my my attention goes to those those people, people who are independently doing something that is, that is not backed by, you know, huge uh, houses or mm-hmm. uh, you know who who are really just kind of just doing it you know harris reed is another person that i look at um and i'm inspired by um uh you know there's so many but yeah i guess i i guess most people would immediately go to the higher brands and think about that but for me i'm Mm -hmm. I'm very inspired by um what what the what the other people are doing what the other children are are the up-and-coming designers yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely now raja as a fashion queen i'm sure that you're constantly thinking of new looks and silhouettes to wear to different events and parties and shows so Mm -hmm. we all want you to put your fashion skills to the test in this little segment that we call what are you wearing okay so how this works is we're going to give you a scenario and you are allowed to pull anything you want from the closet of the pages of vogue magazine and create an iconic look for such an event are you up for the challenge okay Okay, let's let's try this okay so here we go all right so you have a premiere for a big mm-hmm. fashion project that you've been working on for over a year, okay? This okay. is a life-changing presentation for you, and you fell in and out of love on set, and you know that your ex will be there at the premiere as well as your other peers in lots of press. What are you wearing? Wanna be on top? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> 
God, that's tough. Okay, so this this is you're talking about a moment where I I, I have to show out. It's like um, it's like you're Tyra, and this is the premiere of your top model. Like, and and you fell in and out of love while filming the show, and your ex is gonna be there. So, like, I mean, <laughs> like, what is the revenge outfit that you will wear for when you see them and make your big splash on the scene? Well, since this is a fantasy, right? Mm-hmm, this is this mm-hmm. is this is a fantasy. I would like to be in something that is okay. I something that is very body revealing. Uh, mm-hmm, and I'm mm-hmm. and, and because it's a fantasy, I would like the body that I had when I was on Drag Race ten years ago. That yes. was the time when when I was really into Pilates and yoga, and I went to Runyon Canyon on hikes uh, three times a week. Uh, and I my body was tight. Um, I was tan. Um, I didn't have the A cup breasts that have suddenly grown over COVID. Um, <laughs> Uh, and uh, didn't have the dad bod gut that is now folding over my pants as as I'm speaking to you. Um, I would have I would like a moment with with something like uh, that rhinestone net thing that Rihanna wore. Remember that thing? Yes. Where yes. where she just when had she accepted Jeep. the award. Yes, and she just had just, the Swarovski. Yeah. Uh huh. Honey, and the, yes. you know those were those those the, those were the little ones, the little Swarovskis. Those were like a, a twenty. Uh, mm. <laughs> and it was completely covered. They were all done by hand, and all mm-hmm. she had on was titties and g-string, and mm-hmm. it blew my mind. And I'm mm-hmm. sure all of her exes were mad. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, uh, that's the, yeah. that's what I want. I would I would like to see that me um, me in that type of look with just the, the the nicest, tightest, most exercised body that I could have. I love that. <laughs> I you know, love that. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, no, that's definitely how you you get the ex jealous and it's definitely how you show everybody what the fuck is up, you know, at your premiere. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but but then the initial thought too is since we were talking about Dior in the early 2000s, there's the one the one collection where it was this kind of teddy boy um rockabilly mm-hmm. moment that he was mm-hmm. doing and it was these mm-hmm. oversized jackets and like um kind of, uh, for some reason, my 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 head went to that space as well. Like I kind of love that collection very much, and I would like mm-hmm. to rock. I, I I have an obsession with uh, motorcycle jackets, so it love would that. be it would be something like that, you know, with a, a mm-hmm. motorcycle jacket with a giant lapel or something. But really, no, yes. it's really I would like to be pa- almost naked with the body mm-hmm. that I had ten years ago. Yes. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Covered in um, Fenty Beauty body lava, just shimmering. All over. Just, oh, oh, just sex. Mm, sexy. Um, <clears throat> okay, so I I would love that fantasy to come true. So let's just try it and um, manifest that. Okay, and 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 just like a quick follow up question for this event, <clears throat> this fantasy uh-huh. event. Um, who would be like your favorite VIPs that you would want to come and attend this with you? Okay, um, it would be uh, Dead or Alive? No. Dead or uh, Alive, yeah. It's a fantasy. Dead or Alive. <laughs> it's a fantasy. Okay, it would be, um, it would be, uh, I'd love to be sitting in VIP with Marilyn Monroe and, and Daphne Guinness. 
Ooh, love <laughs> that. Especially in that outfit too. Okay, especially in that <laughs> outfit too, because I do, I, I, it brings to mind the, and I, I'm not sure what premiere it was, but I do have this very specific memory of Marilyn Monroe and this kind of like white kind of sheer moment with the first stole, very similar. I'm going to mm-hmm. have to find that photo because I'm like, I, cause it was, it was very kind of body and you're almost seeing, you know, her little body through it. You know, little Miss Marilyn Monroe uh-huh, was kind of uh-huh, nice and uh-huh. sheer and rouged. Yes, I could definitely see that. You, her, <laughs> and Daphne Guinness. Like, how exceptional. Um, yeah. Did you have fun today, Raja? <laughs> I, I did. Anytime I get, to, I get to talk to my friends, I have a, a blast. And it's so good. To, it's always good to see you. I never get to see enough of you and Maxwell I'm, as well. Maxwell And Maxwell lives down the street from me, I think. I'll shut the front door. <laughs> something so. like that. I, Close, close or something, right? But yeah. no, I of, of course it's always fun. It's nice to also reminisce about my times at ANTM too, because long time ago, definitely what a long a, time ago. What a time! I mean, I know that it definitely influenced so many of us, myself and Maxwell included. So thank you for coming <laughs> to hang out with us today. It's been so lovely and that is all we have for wanna be on top today and huge thank you once again to you raja for being with us all week and please tell the listeners where they can follow you online uh you can follow me at my instagram which is at sutan amrul also listen to my very that podcast um also uh per the mom and mom podcast and forever dog umbrella uh, with starring me in Delta work and that's it. Yeah. Follow me on Instagram and check out the video for shoes on YouTube. That's right. Lincoln bio. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you everyone for listening. And if you have any top model facts or questions for me, Maxwell, our guests, or you even just want to say hi, you can send us an email to beontoppod at gmail.com. Next week, my season nine sister, Peppermint, will be joining us as we take a look at the photo shoots and challenges from Cycle Run of Top Model. Remember to subscribe to Wanna Be On Top wherever you listen and make sure you rate and review the show. It helps us grow. I'm Shay Coulet. And I'm Maxwell Esposito. And as always, (laughs) as always, the question remains. Want to be on top? Want to be on top? Want to be on top is not endorsed by America's Next Top Model or any other show's creators, producers, or distributors. It is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. America's Next Top Model and all names, pictures, audio, and video clips are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and or copyright holders. Forever. To listen to Wanna Be On Top ad-free and Monday early, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Make sure to follow at Forever Dog Team and at Mom Podcasts on social and rate and review Wanna Be On Top five stars on Apple Podcasts. Yes, bitch, I said five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wanna Be On Top is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom, hosted by Shea Coulee, produced by Maxwell Esposito, 
Editing and sound design by Will Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Big Dipper, Alaska Thunderfuck, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. 